Chapter Seven of France and England in North America, Part Five. Count Frontenac, New France, Louis the Fourteenth, by Francis Parkman Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven, sixteen eighty five to sixteen eighty seven, Dononville and Dongan. Dononville embarked at Rochelle in June with his wife and a part of his family. Saint Vallier, the destined bishop, was in the same vessel and the squadron carried five hundred soldiers of whom a hundred and fifty died of fever and scurvy on the way saint vallier speaks in glowing terms of the new governor he spent nearly all his time in prayer and the reading of good books the psalms of david were always in his hands in all the voyage i never saw him do anything wrong and there was nothing in his words or acts which did not show a solid virtue as well in the duties of the christian life as in the wisdom of this world when they landed the nuns of the hotel dieu were overwhelmed with the sick not only our halls but our church our granary our henyard and every corner of the hospital where we could make room were filled with them much was expected of denonville he was to repair the mischief wrought by his predecessor and restore the colony to peace strength and security the king had stigmatized la barre's treaty with the iroquois as disgraceful and expressed indignation at his abandonment of the illinois allies all this was now to be changed but it was easier to give the order at versailles than to execute it in canada de nonville's difficulties were great and his means of overcoming them were small what he most needed was more troops and more money the senecas insolent and defiant were still attacking the illinois the tribes of the northwest were angry contemptuous and disaffected the english of new york were urging claims to the whole country south of the great lakes and to a controlling share in all the western fur trade while the english of hudson's bay were competing for the traffic of the northern tribes and the english of new england were seizing upon the fisheries of acadia and now and then making piratical descents upon its coast the great question lay between new york and canada which of these two should gain mastery in the west de nonville like frontenac was a man of the army and the court as a soldier he had the experience of thirty years of service and he was in high repute not only for piety but for probity and honour he was devoted to the jesuits an ardent servant of the king a lover of authority filled with the instinct of subordination and order and in short a type of the ideas religious political and social then dominant in france he was greatly distressed at the disturbed condition of the colony while the state of the settlements scattered in broken lines for two or three hundred miles along the st lawrence seemed to him an invitation to destruction if we have a war he wrote nothing can save the country but a miracle of god nothing was more likely than war intrigues were on foot between the senecas and the tribes of the lakes which threatened to render the appeal to arms a necessity to the french some of the hurons of michilimackinac were bent on allying themselves with the english they liked the manners of the french wrote de nonville but they liked the cheap goods of the english better the senecas in collusion with several huron chiefs had captured a considerable number of the tribe and of the ottawas the scheme was that these prisoners should be released on condition that the lake tribes should join the senecas and repudiate their alliance with the french the governor of new york favoured this intrigue to the utmost de nonville was quick to see that the peril of the colony rose not from the iroquois alone but from the english of new york who prompted them dungan understood the situation 
he saw that the french aimed at mastering the whole interior of the continent they had established themselves in the valley of the illinois had built a fort on the lower mississippi and were striving to entrench themselves at its mouth they occupied the great lakes and it was already evident that as soon as their resources should permit they would seize the avenues of communication throughout the west in short the grand scheme of french colonization had begun to declare itself dungan entered the lists against them if his policy should prevail new france would dwindle to a feeble province on the st lawrence if the french policy should prevail the english colonies would remain a narrow strip along the sea dungan's cause was that of all these colonies but they all stood aloof and left him to wage the strife alone canada was matched against new york or rather against the governor of new york the population of the english colony was larger than that of its rival but except the fur traders few of the settlers cared much for the questions at issue dongan's chief difficulty however arose from the relations of the french and english kings louis the fourteenth gave denonville an unhesitating support james the second on the other hand was for a time cautious to timidity the two monarchs were closely united both hated constitutional liberty and both held the same principles of supremacy in church and state but louis was triumphant and powerful while james in conflict with his subjects was in constant need of his great ally and dared not offend him the royal instructions to denonville enjoined him to humble the iroquois sustain the allies of the colony oppose the schemes of dungan and treat him as an enemy if he encroached on french territory at the same time the french ambassador at the english court was directed to demand from james the second precise orders to the governor of new york for a complete change of conduct in regard to canada and the iroquois but dungan like the french governors was not easily controlled in the absence of money and troops he intrigued busily with his indian neighbors the artifices of the english wrote de nonville have reached such a point that it would be better if they attacked us openly and burned our settlements instead of instigating the iroquois against us for our destruction i know beyond a particle of doubt that m dongan caused all the five iroquois nations to be assembled last spring at orange albany in order to excite them against us by telling them publicly that i meant to declare war against them he says further that dongan supplies them with arms and ammunitions incites them to attack the colony and urges them to deliver lamberville the priest of onondaga into his hands he has sent people at the same time to our montreal indians to entice them over to him promising them missionaries to instruct them and assuring them that he would prevent the introduction of brandy into their villages all these intrigues have given me not a little trouble throughout the summer m dongan has written to me and i have answered him as a man may do who wishes to dissimulate and does not feel strong enough to get angry de nonville accordingly while biding his time made use of counter-intrigues and by means of the useful lamberville freely distributed secret or underground presence among the iroquois chiefs while the jesuit angelran was busy at michilimackinac in adroit and vigorous efforts to prevent the alienation of the hurons ottawas and other lake tribes the task was difficult and filled with anxiety the father came down to montreal to see the governor and communicate to me writes de nonville the deplorable state of affairs with our allies whom we can no longer trust owing to the discredit into which we have fallen among them and from which we cannot recover except by gaining some considerable advantage over the iroquois 
who as i have had the honour to inform you have laboured incessantly since last autumn to rob us of all our allies by using every means to make treaties with them independently of us you may be assured monseigneur that the english are the chief cause of the arrogance and insolence of the iroquois adroitly using them to extend the limits of their dominion and uniting with them as one nation insomuch that the english claims include no less than the lakes ontario and erie the region of saginaw michigan the country of the hurons and all the country in the direction of the mississippi the most pressing danger was the defection of the lake tribes in spite of the king's edicts pursues de nonville the coureurs de bois have carried a hundred barrels of brandy to michilimackinac in a single year and their libertinism and debauchery have gone to such an extremity that it is a wonder that indians have not massacred them all to save themselves from their violence and recover their wives and daughters from them this monseigneur joined to our failure in the last war has drawn upon us such contempt among all the tribes that there is but one way to regain our credit which is to humble the iroquois by our unaided strength without asking the help of our indian allies and he begs hard for a strong reinforcement of troops without doubt de nonville was right in thinking that the chastising of the iroquois or at least the senecas the head and front of mischief was a matter of the last necessity a crushing blow dealt against them would restore french prestige paralyze english intrigue save the illinois from destruction and confirm the wavering allies of canada meanwhile matters grew from bad to worse in the north and in the west there was scarcely a tribe in the french interest which was not either attacked by the senecas or cajoled by them into alliances hostile to the colony we may set down canada as lost again writes de nonville if we do not make war next year and yet in our present disordered state war is the most dangerous thing in the world nothing can save us but the sending out of troops and the building of forts and blockhouses yet i dare not begin to build them for if i do it will bring down all the iroquois upon us before we are in a condition to fight them nevertheless he made what preparations he could begging all the while for more soldiers and carrying on at the same time a correspondence with his rival Dongan at first it was courteous on both sides but it soon grew pungent and at last acrid de nonville wrote to announce his arrival and dungan replied in french sir i have had the honour of receiving your letter and greatly rejoice at having so good a neighbour whose reputation is so widely spread that it has anticipated your arrival i have a very high respect for the king of france of whose bread i have eaten so much that i feel under an obligation to prevent whatever can give the least umbrage to our masters m de la barre is a very worthy gentleman but he has not written to me in a civil and befitting style de nonville replied with many compliments i know not what reason you may have had to be dissatisfied with m de la barre but i know very well that i should reproach myself all my life if i could fail to render to you all the civility and attention due to a person of so great rank and merit in regard to the affair in which m de la barre interfered as you write me i presume you refer to his quarrel with the senecas as to that monsieur i believe that you understand the character of that nation well enough to perceive that it is not easy to live in friendship with a people who have neither religion nor honour nor subordination the king my master entertains affection and friendship for this country solely through zeal for the establishment of religion here and the support and protection of the missionaries whose ardour in preaching the faith leads them to expose themselves to the brutalities and persecutions of the most ferocious of tribes 
you know better than i what fatigues and torments they have suffered for the sake of jesus christ i know your heart is penetrated with the glory of that name which makes hell tremble and at the mention of which all the powers of heaven fall prostrate shall we be so unhappy as to refuse them our master's protection you are a man of rank and abounding in merit you love our holy religion can we not then come to an understanding to sustain our missionaries by keeping those fierce tribes in respect and fear this special appeal for maintaining french jesuits on english territory or what was claimed as such was lost on duncan catholic as he was he regarded them as dangerous political enemies and did his best to expel them and put english priests in their place another of his plans was to build a fort at niagara to exclude the french from lake erie de nonville entertained the same purpose in order to exclude the english and he watched eagerly the moment to execute it a rumour of the scheme was brought to dungan by one of the french coureurs de bois who often deserted to albany where they were welcomed and encouraged the english governor was exceedingly wroth he had written before in french out of complaisance he now dispensed with ceremony and wrote in his own peculiar english i am informed that you intend to build a fort at Onyagero, niagara on this side of the lake within my master's territories without question i cannot believe that a person that has your reputation in the world would follow the steps of m labarre and be ill-advised by some interested persons in your government to make disturbance between our master's subjects in those parts of the world for a little peltry i hear one of the fathers the jesuit jean de lamberville is gone to you and t'other that stayed jacques de lamberville i have sent for him here lest the indians should insult over him though it's a thousand pities that those that have made such progress in the service of god should be disturbed and that by the fault of those that laid the foundation of christianity amongst these barbarous people setting apart the station i am in i am as much monsieur denoville a humble servant as any friend he has and will omit no opportunity of manifesting the same sir your humble servant thomas dungan de nonville in reply denied that he meant to build a fort at niagara and warned dungan not to believe the stories told him by french deserters in order he wrote that we may live on a good understanding it would be well that a gentleman of your character should not give protection to all the rogues vagabonds and thieves who desert us and seek refuge with you and who to gain your favour think they cannot do better than tell nonsensical stories about us which they will continue to do so as long as you listen to them the rest of the letter was in terms of civility to which dungan returned believe me it is much joy to have so good a neighbour of so excellent qualifications and temper and of a humour altogether differing from m de la barre your predecessor who was so furious and hasty and very much addicted to great words as if i had been to have been frightened by them for my part i shall take all imaginable care that the fathers who preach the holy gospel to those indians over whom i have power be not in the least ill-treated and upon that very account i have sent for one of each nation to come to me and then those beastly crimes you reprove shall be checked severely and all my endeavours used to suppress their filthy drunkenness disorders debauches warring and quarrels and whatsoever doth obstruct the growth and enlargement of the christian faith amongst those people he then in reply to an application of de nonville promised to give up runaways promise was not followed by performance and he still favoured to the utmost the truant frenchmen who made albany their resort and often brought with them most valuable information this drew an angry letter from de nonville 
you were so good monsieur as to tell me that you would give up all the deserters who have fled to you to escape chastisement for their knavery as most of them are bankrupts and thieves i hope that they will give you reason to repent having harboured them and that your merchants who employ them will be punished for trusting such rascals to the great wrath of the french governor dungan persisted in warning the iroquois that he meant to attack them you proposed monsieur writes de nonville to submit everything to the decision of our masters nevertheless your emissary to the onondagas told all the five nations in your name to pillage and make war on us next he berates his rival for furnishing the indians with rum think you that religion will make any progress while your traders supply the savages in abundance with the liquor which as you ought to know converts them into demons and their lodges into counterparts of hell certainly retorts dungan our rum doth as little hurt as your brandy and in the opinion of christians is much more wholesome each tried incessantly to outgeneral the other de nonville steadfast in his plan of controlling the passes of the western country had projected forts not only at niagara but also at toronto on lake erie and on the strait of detroit he thought that a time had come when he could without rashness secure this last important passage and he sent an order to Duluth, who was then at michilimackinac to occupy it with fifty coureurs de bois that enterprising chief accordingly repaired to detroit and built a stockade at the outlet of lake huron on the western side of the strait it was not a moment too soon the year before dungan had sent a party of armed traders in eleven canoes commanded by johannes roseboom a dutchman of albany to carry english goods to the upper lakes they traded successfully winning golden opinions from the indians who begged them to come every year and though de nonville sent an officer to stop them at niagara they returned in triumph after an absence of three months a larger expedition was organized in the autumn of sixteen eighty six roosboom again set out for the lakes with twenty or more canoes he was to winter among the senecas and wait the arrival of major mcgregory a scotch officer who was to leave albany in the spring with fifty men take command of the united parties and advance to lake huron accompanied by a band of iroquois to form a general treaty of trade and alliance with the tribes claimed by france as her subjects de nonville was beside himself at the news he had already urged upon louis the fourteenth the policy of buying the colony of new york which he thought might easily be done and which as he said would make us masters of the iroquois without a war this time he wrote in a less pacific mood i have a mind to go straight to albany storm their fort and burn everything and he begged for soldiers more earnestly than ever things grow worse and worse the english stir up the iroquois against us and send parties to michilimackinac to rob us of our trade it would be better to declare war against them than to perish by their intrigues he complained bitterly to dungan and dungan replied i believe it is as lawful for the english as the french to trade amongst the remotest indians i desire you to send me word who it was that pretended to have my orders for the indians to plunder and fight you that is as false as tis true that god is in heaven i have desired you to send for the deserters i know not who they are but had rather such rascals and bankrouts as you call them were amongst their own countrymen he had nevertheless turned them to good account for as the english knew nothing of western geography they employed these french bushrangers to guide their trading parties de nonville sent orders to de Lutte to shoot as many of them as he could catch 
dungan presently received dispatches from the english court which showed him the necessity of caution and when next he wrote to his rival it was with a chastened pen i hope your excellency will be so kind as not desire or seek any correspondence with our indians of this side of the great lake ontario if they do amiss to any of your government and you make it known to me you shall have all justice done he complained mildly that the jesuits were luring their iroquois converts to canada and you must pardon me if i tell you that it is not the right way to keep a fair correspondence i am daily expecting religious men from england which i intend to put amongst those five nations i desire you would order monsieur de lamberville that so long as he stays amongst those people he would meddle only with the affairs belonging to his function sir i send you some oranges hearing that they are a rarity in your parts monsieur replies de nonville i thank you for your oranges it is a great pity that they were all rotten the french governor unlike his rival felt strong in the support of his king who had responded amply to his appeals for aid and the temper of his letters answered to his improved position i was led monsieur to believe by your civil language in the letter you took the trouble to write to me on my arrival that we should live in the greatest harmony in the world but the result has plainly shown that your intentions did not at all answer to your fine words and he upbraids him without measure for his various misdeeds take my word for it let us devote ourselves to the accomplishment of our master's will let us seek as they do to serve and promote religion let us live together in harmony as they desire i repeat and protest monsieur that it rests with you alone but do not imagine that i am a man to suffer others to play tricks on me i willingly believe that you have not ordered the iroquois to plunder our frenchmen but whilst i have the honour to write to you you know that Salvayer, gedeon petit and many other rogues and bankrupts like them are with you and boast of sharing your table i should not be surprised that you tolerate them in your country but i am astonished that you should promise me not to tolerate them that you so promise me again and that you perform nothing of what you promise trust me monsieur make no promise that you are not willing to keep de nonville vexed and perturbed by his long strife with dungan and the iroquois presently found a moment of comfort in tidings that reached him from the north here as in the west there was violent rivalry between the subjects of the two crowns with the help of two french renegades named radisson and groseilliers the english company of hudson's bay then in its infancy had established a post near the mouth of nelson river on the western shore of that dreary inland sea the company had also three other posts called fort albany fort hayes and fort rupert at the southern end of the bay a rival french company had been formed in canada under the name of the company of the north and it resolved on an effort to expel its english competitors though it was a time of profound peace between the two kings de nonville warmly espoused the plan and in the early spring of sixteen eighty six he sent the chevalier de troyes from montreal with eighty or more canadians to execute it with troyes went iberville st hélène and maricourt three of the sons of charles le moine and the jesuit sylvie joined the party as chaplain they ascended the ottawa and thence from stream to stream and lake to lake toiled painfully towards their goal at length they neared fort hayes it was a stockade with four bastions mounted with cannon there was a strong blockhouse within in which the sixteen occupants of the place were lodged unsuspicious of danger troyes approached at night 
iberville and st hélène with a few followers climbed the palisade on one side while the rest of the party burst the main gate with a sort of battering-ram and rushed in yelling the war-whoop in a moment the door to the blockhouse was dashed open and its astonished inmates captured in their shirts the victors now embarked for fort rupert distant forty leagues along the shore in construction it resembled fort hayes the fifteen traders who held the place were all asleep at night in their blockhouse when the canadians burst the gate of the stockade and swarmed into the area one of them mounted by a ladder to the roof of the building and dropped lighted hand grenades down the chimney which exploding among the occupants told them unmistakably that something was wrong at the same time the assailants fired briskly on them through the loopholes and placing a petard under the walls threatened to blow them into the air five including a woman were killed or wounded and the rest cried for quarter meanwhile iberville with another party attacked a vessel anchored near the fort and climbing silently over her side found the man on the watch asleep in his blanket he sprang up and made fight but they killed him then stamped on the deck to rouse those below sabred two of them as they came up the hatchway and captured the rest among them was bridger governor for the company of all its stations on the bay they next turned their attention to fort albany thirty leagues from fort hayes in a direction opposite to that of fort rupert here there were about thirty men under henry sargent an agent of the company surprise was this time impossible for news of their proceedings had gone before them and sargent though no soldier stood on his defence the canadians arrived some in canoes some in the captured vessel bringing ten captured pieces of cannon which they planted in battery on a neighbouring hill well covered by entrenchments from the english shot here they presently opened fire and in an hour the stockade with the houses that it enclosed was completely riddled the english took shelter in a cellar nor was it till the fire slackened that they ventured out to show a white flag and ask for a parley trois and sergeant had an interview the englishman regaled his conqueror with a bottle of spanish wine and after drinking the health of king louis and king james they settled the terms of capitulation the prisoners were sent home in an english vessel which soon after arrived and maricourt remained to command at the bay while trois returned to report his success to denonville this buccaneer exploit exasperated the english public and it became doubly apparent that the state of affairs in america could not be allowed to continue a conference had been arranged between the two powers even before the news came from hudson's bay and count davaux appeared at london as a special envoy of louis the fourteenth to settle the questions at issue a treaty of neutrality was signed at whitehall and commissioners were appointed on both sides pending the discussion each party was to refrain from acts of hostility or encroachment and said the declaration of the commissioners to the end the said agreement may have the better effect we do likewise agree that the said serene kings shall immediately send necessary orders in that behalf to their respective governors in america dungan accordingly was directed to keep a friendly correspondence with his rival and take good care to give him no cause of complaint it was this missive which had dashed the ardour of the english governor and softened his epistolary style more than four months after louis the fourteenth sent corresponding instructions to denonville but meantime he had sent him troops money and munitions in abundance and ordered him to attack the iroquois towns whether such a step was consistent with the recent treaty of neutrality may well be doubted for though james the second had not yet formally claimed the iroquois as british subjects 
his representative had done so for years with his tacit approval and out of this claim had risen the principal differences which it was the object of the treaty to settle eight hundred regulars were already in the colony and eight hundred more were sent in the spring with a hundred and sixty-eight thousand livres in money and supplies denonville was prepared to strike he had pushed his preparations actively yet with extreme secrecy for he meant to fall on the senecas unawares and shatter at a blow the mainspring of english intrigue harmony reigned among the chiefs of the colony military civil and religious the intendant meule had been recalled on the complaints of the governor who had quarrelled with him and a new intendant champigny had been sent in his place he was as pious as denonville himself and like him was in perfect accord with the bishop and the jesuits all wrought together to promote the new crusade it was not yet time to preach it or at least denonville thought so he dissembled his purpose to the last moment even with his best friends of all the jesuits among the iroquois the two brothers lamberville had alone held their post denonville in order to deceive the enemy had directed these priests to urge the iroquois chiefs to meet him in council at fort frontenac whither as he pretended he was about to go with an escort of troops for the purpose of conferring with them the two brothers received no hint whatever of his real intention and tried in good faith to accomplish his wishes but the iroquois were distrustful and hesitated to comply on this the elder lamberville sent the younger with letters to denonville to explain the position of affairs saying at the same time that he himself would not leave onondaga except to accompany the chiefs to the proposed council the poor father wrote the governor knows nothing of our designs i am sorry to see him exposed to danger but should i recall him his withdrawal would certainly betray our plans to the iroquois this unpardonable reticence placed the jesuit in extreme peril for the moment the iroquois discovered the intended treachery they would probably burn him as its instrument no man in canada had done so much as the elder lamberville to counteract the influence of england and serve the interests of france and in return the governor exposed him recklessly to the most terrible of deaths in spite of all his pains it was whispered abroad that there was to be war and the rumour was brought to the ears of dungan by some of the canadian deserters he lost no time in warning the iroquois and their deputies came to beg his help and they not only recognized king james as their sovereign but consented at last to call his representative father corlier instead of brother their father however dared not promise them soldiers though in spite of the recent treaty he caused gunpowder and lead to be given them and urged them to recall the powerful war parties which they had lately sent against the illinois de noville at length broke silence and ordered the militia to muster they grumbled and hesitated for they remembered the failures of la barre the governor issued a proclamation and the bishop a pastoral mandate there were sermons prayers and exhortations in all the churches a revulsion of popular feeling followed and the people says denonville made ready for the march with extraordinary animation the church showered blessings on them as they went and daily masses were ordained for the downfall of the foes of heaven and of france End of chapter seven